welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one audio source for Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, as well as info straight from the makers of the books and films themselves, like me, Matt Lewis. I play Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and I'm very happy to be here helping introduce your hosts, the Pottercast trio, Melissa, John, and Sue. It's almost Halloween, and Pottercast 60, welcome. Welcome to Pottercast, we have a great show for you again this week, of course. So we have a fan interview for you this week. It's about it's about Becca and her contributions to our wonderful essay section of oh. Leaky Scribulus. Mm, awesome. Scribulus, which you can get to actually by going yes. to scribulus.com. Did you know that? No, no. Scribulus. Oh, I did not Deca. know. That's fancy. Um, <laughs> That's very fancy. Good luck yeah. spelling it. <laughs> they spell it properly, scribulus though. Scribulus, I can is, spell scribulus it. is ever-changing inks, and if you know how you're Harry Potter, you know how to spell that. Yeah. So obviously I have no idea how to spell it. John, we don't think you're sitting around reading essays anyway. Well, what? Yes. How dare you? You wrote one, though. How dare you stereotype? Stereotype? I have no evidence to back that up. Yeah. Anyway, in our canon conundrums, we have a great question. Where oh, did Snape yes. and Draco go after book six? Mm-hmm. We got the answer. We figured it out. We totally, yes. we totally nailed it. We to did. the wall. And the correct answer is Chuck E. Cheese. I said lunch first, but... <laughs> Chuck E. Oh. Cheese, uh-huh. Why wouldn't they go to Chuck E. Cheese? They've had long years. In the mailbag, in the mailbag, we answer your voicemails. And before we do anything else, why don't we hear a word from our sponsor? Today's Pottercast is brought to you by Borders, your home for all sorts of spellbinding books, enchanting music, and magical movies. Pottercast listeners can enjoy 30% off any item at Borders by clicking on the Borders coupon link on Pottercast.com. Visit Borderstores.com to locate the Borders nearest you. Thank you, Borders. Now, okay, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you doing (laughs) this late October? Hey. I am... I don't know what's... Peachy. It's freezing Peachy? up here. I don't know. You should say pumpkin any. I'm I'm actually <laughs> orangey. Yeah, pumpkin any. Orangey. <laughs> should I should we warn everybody now that I've been sick for a few days and I'm medicated perfectly um, appropriately for strep throats and it's making me a little groggy. Aww. But I'm here for you guys because I could not. Oh, I, I, I miss the canon conundrum, but everything right. else I'm here for. Well, quick announcements. Vote for us at Podcast Alley. You guys have been doing awesomely at that. Listen at the end of the show. Uh, our ongoing blog challenge continues to roll on. You'll hear more, more information about how you can win great prizes by talking about Pottercast on your your blogs and your MySpaces and your Facebooks and your live journals and your yes. Zangas and your, you know, every little thing ever. And why don't we do the news and then come back and chat about it? Ooh, has there been yeah. news? Yeah, actually, there has. He says it with such I surprise. Love, I it's love so news. Yeah. <laughs> I love news. Let's hear it, Suze. That's right. We have some news. Lots of film news. TLC did receive an update this week about the long-awaited trailer for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, which, as we told you last week, will be seen in theaters here in the states on November seventeenth before the film Happy Feet. Official sources now tell us that, contrary to published rumors, the trailer will not be streamed online until November 20th at the earliest. The trailer is also set to debut in movie theaters overseas on the 17th as well. 
Speaking of, Order of the Phoenix filming is continuing this week in London. As a new report says there was filming at the Westminster Tube Station, most likely for the scene involving Harry and Arthur Weasley's trip via the underground to the Ministry of Magic for his trial. Dan Ratcliffe is featured in a new lengthy interview with Newsweek magazine where he discusses his career, fame, and his role as Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix movie. He says that this film is the most fun he's had so far, due in part to working with actress Imelda Staunton, who plays Professor Umbridge, and director David Yates, who Dan says is having, quote, absolutely the time of my life working with. He pushes me farther and more often than I ever have before, end quote. Cool. Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley, is also talking movies in an array of many, many new interviews he gave here while in the United States promoting his new film, Driving Lessons. Rupert mentions that he heard the rumor that Chris Columbus may come back to direct Half-Led Prince and Film 7 as well. Speaking of films 6 and 7, previously director Terry Gilliam had been rumored for the job on Half-Led Prince, but in a new interview, Mr. Gilliam very frankly shoots down such a notion calling working on the Potter films, quote, a factory job, end quote. Hmm. And in one other interview, the ever-wonderful Jason Isaacs has a new video interview online where he discusses Order of the Phoenix, well, sort of. He does decline to discuss his role as Lucius Malfoy in the new movie, saying we should go out and buy and read the new book to know what's going on out there. Yay, he's a fan of the books. Yay, go Jason. He also says that he did a magic trick while on set with Dan Radcliffe while filming for the new movie and proceeded to show a cute trick. You can find links to all of these new interviews on our site. Well, as always, you can find the most relevant, accurate, and up-to-date news from the world of Harry Potter at LeakyNews.com, which is updated continually. And that will do it for this week. Guys? Well, okay, I want to I talk about this great piece of news that Sue, yeah. Sue herself oh, scooped. Sue's got a scoop? Before anybody even Yay. had it on their radar. And this, is, this, is why, this is why I love my Sue's. Yeah. She got a big scoop. Well, it's not the only reason I love my Sue's. That's pretty much the only reason I oh. love so. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, it's about the teaser trailer that it is not going to be online until November 20th at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first time ever that it hasn't gone online exactly at the same time as a movie. And I know the source from whence this comes, really? from which this comes, I mean, mm-hmm. this is not a, f- a, f- a flighty random no. Warner Brothers person. This is a real, the real deal. So, I mean, that it, like everything, it might change. But yes, why do you think now? Well, I think you know the the trailer. We should clarify is going to be coming out in theaters on November seventeenth here in the United States with Happy Feet, and then it's also going to be internationally. I'm not sure which movie is going to, but not until the seventeenth either. But I think that they really just want us to go see it and experience it yeah. in the theater. Yeah, that but big. I don't know. Well, that, and I don't think they're as embarrassed this time to put it in front of a movie as cool looking as Happy Feet. And when in years past, they put it in front of, uh-huh. like, what was it, Scooby Doo? Yeah, a big pile of <laughs> something know. not nice. I'd be embarrassed if I were them, well, too. So, of course, they'd the put it out the same day. The problem is that it's going to be on YouTube way before yeah. it shows up yep. in a nice quality. You know? Well, you know, that's fine to put it on YouTube, but I personally want to see it in that big, glorious, because I bet they'll put that out like on, say, Apple or somewhere in those big, glorious HD. Yes. And it'll just be fabulous. Well, we had another piece of interesting news that was also debunked on our website, too. No, no Disney Park for Harry. Yeah. No Harry the Ride. No, oh. no Potter the Ride. <laughs> Speaking of scoops, I got, I got this one specifically. This scoop. Speaking of scoops, yeah. Sue, Sue and Melissa both had big scoop yeah. weeks. 
Look at you guys, two scoops. That was sent personally <laughs> as a result of an inquiry. So it's not something that was like sent around yeah. to, you know. I can't wait for me to get my scoop next week. <laughs> it's going to be Rocky Road. But I'm bump. Yeah, I'm going to scale. Yeah, definitely. I'm not a Rocky Road fan. Moose Tracks is my favorite ice cream, everybody. And Wait, what's in Moose Tracks? Oh, what's in Moose is Tracks? Is it like... Okay, um, okay. Sorry. Can we, no, sorry. <laughs> thank you. Can we go... Tune into the special um, area to hear what's in right, Moose Tracks. Right, the special area. Find it on by clicking everything on podcast.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, right. No truth about the Disney park. You know, I don't care. <laughs> that sounds Mickey! terrible. Mickey! That's what Frack Are does. you serious? You know how fun... Rides are at theme parks if when they have someone that you like. Now, particularly, I was disappointed with the Star Wars ride at Disney. That was kind of lame. But I remember hearing way back when this was reported originally how they were talking about it's going to be less of a ride and more of an experience. Like the Indiana Jones, like it's like a show, but everybody sits in the audience and it's like a big performance and it's, they got actors doing it. I, mean, I, I thought that's what they were going to do or talked well, about doing. But here's the thing. If they could Harry take Potter. the Disney out of the theme park and make a Harry Potter theme park, I just don't want to see Disneyized Harry Potter. Harry Potter has a little bit more of an edge than than anything that we've seen at Disneyland. And well, they'll, they I will mean, totally strip that. And I, 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 I would love, let me tell you, we had this conversation in Disneyland. I would love an area of the theme park for each year. You know, year one, you have the whole thing underground. You, the Green you, Gods. The Green Gods yeah, ra- cart, cart ride. Year four, you obviously oh, have a maze. Year, year five, just think what they could do with the ministry. Like, that would be amazing. But I don't want it Disneyized. I want it just Harry Potter. Just, just Harry Potter. Oh. I don't think it'll get Disneyized though, because when when <laughs> Disney bought the rights to do all the Star Wars stuff, nothing is Disneyized. Yeah, from but the Star, Star Wars, Wars stuff. Star Wars is a different. Star Wars is a different. I mean, it has more of a potential to be Disneyized than Harry Potter. Cause did you see anything? Harry Potter's already for kids. Did you see anything particularly cutting edge about that? About that. Star Wars stuff at Disney. Well, Star Wars ride itself was just poorly executed because it's very old. So it's, but it's, it's just. It's by comparison, it's a. Junk ride. They wouldn't. They would have to apply different standards to it, and no. and and I just I just don't want that. Harry Potter's Harry Potter. Don't don't mess with it. But I just don't see that this ever happening. I mean, Joey, she just did not want the whole Happy Meal thing. She's not going to go for the Disney Park. I just well, Jim Hill yeah. Media, by the way, yeah. came out with a rebuttal to our rebuttal. Oh, yes, he posted that. They told Leaky that it wasn't true, and he is sure there was a letter of intent, but he doesn't want to say where it came from to to save somebody's career or whatever. If there yeah, if there's a letter mis- of he intent, misplaced it. right? If there's a letter of intent, you can you can get a copy of it without, you know, if if you're so sure about this, don't be so sure about it unless you've seen it. And if you've seen it, you know, wh- whatever. There's a million. He could be right, whatever. But if he, if he's right, then somebody who really should never lie in their profession has lied yeah. here. Yeah. And I just don't. Be- I just I just yeah. don't believe that. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, this has been rumored since day one. Since 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 a big company came in and took rights for Harry Potter, a theme park has been rumored. Well, what if, I mean, you got Universal has a park, Disney has a park. What if Warren Brothers ever decides to have a park? It'd be great. It'd be great. I think then you see your chance at a, a Harry Potter ride. I don't think they could possibly not have a Harry Potter something no, if Warner absolutely. Brothers had their own park. There'd be no way now. Like one of their biggest franchises, at least modern day franchise. I mean, it would be fun and, and you know, I, I personally would enjoy it, but I just don't see it happening. I just, I don't know. But if they do this, then I want Hogwarts the reality series then too. So if we're going to all go out, let's just go all out. So. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, 
That's so worrisome. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you completely threw sorry. me on that. Side. I know. I was like, did Sue just say that? Yeah. I mean, I real world know. Hogwarts. <laughs> no, I mean, I my thought had always been, especially after seeing those sets, that maybe once everything is done movie wise, that they would put that stuff into use and something that all the fans can experience one day. Either either a museum or some kind of you know maybe maybe like an attraction of some sort. I could see it happening, but not until the movies are done over and done yeah. with. Which you'd think wouldn't be a very practical <laughs> strategy. You'd think you'd want to do that while you're still marketing your movies, not when they're done with. But I don't know. That's I never said it was a good yeah. hunch. Well, speaking of movies, there's one more piece of news I'd like to bring up <clears throat> about news. I know being the news never stops. Um, we've heard more about the directors for the upcoming films. Who was that in, jerk? In, <laughs> well, let's let's bad mouth on everybody. Let's yes, let's. You know, Rupert Grant heard rumors that Alfonso Cuaron might come back. He heard rumors that Chris Columbus might come back. Everybody we've talked to from the films has said this thing. Oh, there's something something from the set report will reflect that as well. You know, of course there's rumors. There's going to be rumors for everybody. There's also probably a director line three feet deep of people who would love to do the last Yeah, but there's films, one who does you know? not want it, and that would be Mr. Gilliam, who is... <laughs> that guy's a jerk. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Oh my uh, god! It's, I mean, he's just an—he's an—he's just a bit too honest. Just a bit. <laughs> if you what are some big honest. movies he's done to see if he's he's earned this little uh, attitude of it? Well, he has got quite the ego. Well, he's not done very well recently. I don't believe. I think he's an artist, and I think that some of his films, you know, Monty Python era was pretty good, but this was just. His comments that he made recently were just... Oh, oh, what did he say? It was like, the Harry Potter movies are factory yeah. jobs. Yeah, and I get angry like, at that. I get angry. Um, you know, excuse me. I, saying that is to assume that, you know, there are no artists involved in these movies, which is a load of crap, like everybody <laughs> knows. And well, think about it. You have a movie, a project, with a budget of, you know, upwards near $300 million or so, you think you can't all run it here like this little, you know, like an indie art film? Yeah, you yeah, know, everybody's you just laid back. Let's throw a couple million this way. It's like no, this has to be coordinated. And I mean, look at Leaky shoestring budget. Leaky, look at look at what look at how we have right. to operate. Guys, oh, you don't see what goes on behind the scenes at Leaky, the organization and the and the teams and the. I mean, the the, the hundred and we're just a hundred volunteers like doing you know sure and. That is a massive effort. So a $300 million film? Sorry, Terry Gilliam. I know. Oh, how, how dare they have their act together and be coordinated and, you know. Oh, my God. This guy is like, you have any idea what you're talking about? It really was apparent that he didn't. I, well, I just, I was really surprised because I just thought he, I mean, not that he just was attacking Warner Bros. He was just attacking the whole Hollywood system. I just thought that was, I mean, it's one thing to maintain your artistic standards. But, I mean, Alfonso Cuan is not going to be launching into some sort of, give this sort of same sort of no, interview. You know what I'm saying? Alfonso's got some yeah, class. I just, well, Alfonso's you can, got, he never insulted yeah. Columbus or no, anybody else. Right, no. 
you can retain your artistic um, integrity. Yeah, you can you can retain your artistic integrity. You can say you you don't work for the man and blah blah blah, and still not insult Absolutely. people. Absolutely, I was just really shocked when I read these. I was like, no way. Yeah. But I guess he's clearly, we can definitely check him off the list. It's definitely not going to be back directing, so. <laughs> yeah, check, check him off the list of, of Harry Potter 7 and any other future Warner Brothers project <laughs> in the next 20 years. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Idiot. <laughs> Tell us how you really yeah. feel, John. Oh, I hope he's a listener. I, he probably is. I really doubt it. not a listener. I think he's a Mugglecast fan. <laughs> Darn it all. We lost another one. <laughs> Darn. God. <laughs> so funny, John. Oh, Anything right. else going on well, this week? Nothing exciting, right? Well, I think that that's 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 pretty good and I think that's the bulk I mean, of it. You know. Yeah. I could always talk about you know, awesome. Jason Isaacs, but I think we should probably move the show along. <laughs> what was that? You know, I saw I saw that pop up, and there was like something about the very magical. You know, Jason he, does, he does. He does. <laughs> he gave a new interview. Okay, I'm going to bring it because he did a new interview, and he said that while he was filming, he declined to talk about the movie, the new movie. But he did say while he was on the set of Order of the Phoenix, he did a magic trick with Dan, and he does magic. So he did a magic trick on this new video interview, and you can. It was so funny. it was hilarious, and Jason, who's but you know i of course think he's magical all the time but that's me but it was funny he's just he's one cool guy he is. What, he's very cool he is. he's one cool yeah. guy okay. okay so i'm happy anyhow oh okay. for jason we love Yay. jason love, love you baby. jason if you're listening yeah. Hate we that, love you. But we're not Terry gonna like sit here and jillian guy and we love jason <laughs> isaac we love terry gilliam we love him a, oh yeah he's him peach. and laura oh, yeah oh god him. there's a world Duo. We should have them debate <laughs> about Harry Potter. So funny. Well, she'd be after his, his stuff uh, too, man. She'd probably say he's all. I know. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think I'm... all the Harry Potter fans should go to that guy's next premiere <laughs> and just tell them, what, tell them what they thought of that movie. It looked like a factory job, Mr. Gillian. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't my favorite. Well, Jeez. I'm getting out of here before okay. we get in more trouble with more powerful Hollywood types. <laughs> Terry Gilliam's going to shut us down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> I know. Oh, geez. He's going to call us a factory job. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear this fan yeah. interview. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Let's, let's Scribby, push on this, to that. The famous Scribby. I love Scribby. My Scribby. Have you guys been to Scribby list lately? I have. We love our Scribbies. It's very cool. I, it is the bomb. I go there all the time. Angua's um, essay if the author is dead who's right who's updating her website it's a really good she's got a really unique style it's a really good read so oh it's really good that's cool go for it in the meantime we're getting out of here all right catch you later cool in the fan corner a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week not me not Hermione you Hello, this is Jason, also known as the Guru of Sloth, and joining me today is Becca, aka Ms. Avi, and on the Leaky Lounge forums, Hawthorne and Phoenix. And she is a frequent poster, a podcaster, a filkstress, and welcome. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. And she's bearing with me kindly, as this is my first time interviewing. Yay! So. <laughs> there you go. I get your premiere. <laughs> That's right. My first victim. I mean, uh, (laughs) interviewee. Uh, So I thought 
we could start talk start out talking about some of the well you've written an essay for scribulus and i hear you have another one on the way but maybe we could just talk a little bit about that first one sure and that was that was in the first episode or the first issue of scribulus actually and what 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 was it that you that you wrote about well <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> yeah this will become a common theme of <laughs> yeah it was called um dumbledore's man the loyalty of severus snape mhm and I was very, very honored and flattered when they asked me to write an essay for the first issue. And I guess... I guess they had. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was just because I was the biggest mouth on the loyalty thread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. It wasn't anything about the quality of your no, writing. No, no, of course not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but yeah, just from the very first few weeks that I was a Leaky Lounge member, I just kind of slowly zeroed on to the Snape's loyalty thread. And once I started posting on there, I was just hooked. And he quickly, quickly became my favorite topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> so, <laughs> And you told me something interesting that you, you, you kind of went in there with the expectation that you would need to be almost defending him right. to a certain extent. And <laughs> I did. I, I I'm not sure why I thought this, but my first reaction was that I was going to have to be on the defensive and that everybody would, you know, be hating on him and (laughs) have to come in and say, well, yes, he's awful, but, you know, you can look at it this way and this way and this way. And lo and behold, surprise, surprise. I found that I was actually, yeah, there's one or two who think along the same lines that I do. I quickly learned that I was not alone in my appreciation of the potions master. Well, I read the essay uh, when it first came out. One of the the things that I really liked about it was, um, was comparing the wording of the description of Snape when he performed the Avada Kedavra on Dumbledore and the, what was it, the... Harry's look in the cave, Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, along with many, many other fans, just find the language, the similarities of the language between those two scenes. They have too much in common to have been a coincidence. And I actually find that uh, often between Harry and Snape and oftentimes Voldemort as well. And I like to call them the trifecta, the Harry Potter Mm. trifecta, because they just have so many parallels and similarities, um, just not in their lives, but also in their actions. And this one in particular suggests that what Snape is doing is similar in a way to what Harry was having to do, right? You know, harming Dumbledore. Exactly, yeah. At his request. Yeah. Snape has never been unambiguous you know he's never been Mm -hmm. a cut and dry type of character there's always some kind of complexity to what he's doing and to take that scene at face value i think is missing a lot definitely and one of the things we're longing to oh yes find out about (laughs) yay (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know there was one other thing that um that interested me particularly in that essay i don't know if you want to talk about it at all, but it was, you know, mentioning the effect of Snape's mother, Eileen Prince, on, I guess, his development. That's another reason that I think the trifecta idea is pertinent, because Mm -hmm. you have this very strong theme, uh, very strong theme of mother's love in the books. Um, You have Lily's love for Harry, which is the whole reason Harry is still alive. You have Merope, who apparently Mm -hmm. didn't love her son at all because we're told that nobody has loved 
um, Tom Riddle, who became Voldemort. Right. You have to wonder. We learned about Eileen Prince in book six, Half Blood Prince. So you ha- you kind of have to wonder how does she fit into that equation? Because you have two ends of the spectrum, right? And my instincts tell me that she's somewhere in the middle. Like perhaps she really loved Snape because we know that he has been loved, right? but perhaps she wasn't willing to sacrifice herself the way Lily was. Mm-hmm. I think there, uh, we'll learn more about that in book seven. I anticipate that we will. Yeah. I think you're definitely onto something. Yeah. And I do hope <laughs> we learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just about to launch into <laughs> your further interest in Snape, but before we do, can I just ask you really quickly, if you'll give us any, any hints or about the, the upcoming essay you're working on. And Sure. Well, one guess is to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just Snape. It's not just Snape. It's um, comparing Snape with Sirius Black. Uh-huh. Because in my further uh, adventure into the Snape fandom, I found that there's a lot of people who love Snape, you know, are obsessed with him as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I know but, a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But have a very strong um, and often negative feeling about Sirius Black. I could totally understand their feelings because, you know, Sirius isn't a perfect character. But then neither is Snape. And I kind of had to wonder, you know, like, why such animosity towards the one as opposed to just feeling the same way about both of them? So I kind of thought about that some more and just wrote an essay about it. (laughs) Oh, great. I look forward to reading that whenever it comes out. Sure. Just real quick, I know you you read fanfic and you I, I guess you have written a little bit. Yes, a few <laughs> dabblings here and there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all my stuff is on fictionally.org, fanfiction.net, and sugarquill.net. And it's all Miss Abby. Right. <laughs> One of your pseudonyms there. Yeah. All right. Well, what I was alluding to a little bit earlier, his importance to the Harry Potter books and the development of the story led you to an interesting project called yes. Snapecast. I don't know. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, Snapecast is the first and only podcast devoted to Severus Snape. And, <laughs> and I have to stop you right there. <laughs> I'm probably not the only one. I'm sure there are people out there like me who thought a podcast yeah. just for Snape. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, all, all one episode? Okay. <laughs> and I think my reading group manager, if she's listening to this, is going to fire me immediately because she loves Snape and could probably listen to things about him 24-7. But. Oh, yeah. As you know, and she would definitely not be alone because we have a staff of uh, 15 people at this mm-hmm. point. So, yeah. <laughs> and many more listeners. So. <laughs> and I have to say, I did listen to... Uh, to one of the episodes recently and I was interested from beginning to end and oh, good. it was one of the shorter episodes and you've got some that are you know over two hours or yeah, at least one and that was kind of embarrassing yeah. <laughs> well you know if you got stuff to talk about well see put it out there the, when we originally started the podcast we had thought you know huh Snape you know he's a really interesting guy but are we going to be able to fill a whole podcast show with just topics about Snape. <laughs> and uh, yeah, episode two, over two hours long. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it would seem that you could. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we're, we just produced um, episode six, and that was an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> so 
were not lacking at all for discussion points regarding Snape. It actually, the reason that I became involved with Snapecast in the first place is because I was involved with the Leaky Lounge mm-hmm. and posting on Snape's loyalty pretty much every day. There was another Leaky Lounge member, Rachel. Her Leaky Lounge name is uh, Akemi42. I didn't really know her that well at that point, but I was familiar with her posts on the loyalty thread, at least. And she just PM'd me out of the blue one day and said, hey, I'm going to do this podcast about Snape. And I see that you post a lot on the board and I like what you have to say. Do you want to be involved with the podcast about him? And I said... Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. Like I, I had listened to Pottercast a few times, but I, I didn't I had no clue how to do a podcast. I didn't right. really know much about it at all. And so I said, sure, I'll do it. And I love talking about him. I'll do it. It's amazing. I mean that, that there are just so many instances of creative projects like that coming out of, you know, just these these meetings and discussions on the boards. So you got you got involved in it and, and you ended up <laughs> Not only being uh, one of the on-air personalities, so to speak, but you, you've got some pretty big jobs behind the scenes as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Actually, another thing that I was doing on the Leaky Lounge mm-hmm. kind of dictated my role on Snapecast because anybody who knows the Harry Potter the Musical thread uh-huh. in the Pensieve Parlor Great forum thread. on Leaky, it's a place where you can post your filks, mm-hmm. which I love doing. And part of doing filks, if you're lucky, is getting to record them. I was familiar with the Audacity freeware from recording my filks. And so when we were trying to figure out how to get Snapecast recorded in the first place, I said, well, I know this program called <laughs> Audacity and um, I could show you guys how to do it. And Rachel and the others just kind of said, well, great, you can do that. Then. <laughs> you can fix the show for us. And I said, oh, oh OK, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> sure, I'll give it a whack. And I tried it out and I actually owe them a great debt of gratitude because um, I discovered that it's really something that I enjoy doing very much. Great. So, I guess yeah. before we get off of Snapecast, is there any any other things you want to say about it, or any favorite parts? You know that that kind of make it a unique thing for you, a- apart from the fact that it talks about a character that you just love to discuss and <laughs> sure. with some great people. <laughs> um, well, I think my favorite parts of Snapecast is just that we have so much fun. We mm-hmm. do funny bits and skits and we air the occasional filk and uh-huh. we have a really funny top 10 segment where we just tell all sorts of jokes. And <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things to mix is sometimes we'll do medleys. Like um, we recorded some things from Lumos, the Harry Potter convention that just happened in Las Vegas. And um, we kind of, pick out little bits and pieces from those things and put them together in a medley with music. And I love mixing those. Those are really fun to do. Oh, and I guess I should point out for you young witches and wizards out there that Snapecast is, what would you uh, call yes. it? I guess mature well, audience maybe? or Yes. it. Um, if you take a look on iTunes, we are rated explicit. That's um, a self-imposed rating. We just felt that it was better to be safe than sorry because... Yeah. Um, we're we're an all adult staff, and we really wanted to be free to, uh, right. <laughs> you know, um, do something that was from adult Harry Potter fans to adult Harry 
Potter fans and yes. uh, yeah. And this so doesn't mean why. it's <laughs> oh no, anything it's crazy not. or gratuitous, but you know, if if you've got <laughs> right, young kids listening really, to the podcast, it's exactly not yeah, for them. it's really not explicit by any stretch Plenty of the of imagination. Innuendo. Yeah, but there is um mature themes like we have Love Potion nine and three quarters segment that discusses Snape as he's paired in different fan fictions. So yeah, there is a little spicier side to it. So there you go. It's a good you, way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And I'll embarrass you by saying you're an excellent filker, Aww. both in your in your writing, which is very clever, and well, likewise. have a great voice, which <laughs> so, thank you so yeah. much. We we I even got the wonderful opportunity to do a duet of sorts with you, which maybe yes. someday the world will hear. Who knows? Um, Perhaps. But it was a lot of fun. Only took us about four months <laughs> from conception to completion. Well, just, you know, hey, I wonder why. It's yeah. not like we're busy or anything. <laughs> it's not like one of us has sloth in their name. <laughs> so I guess uh, we should get on to live or die. Sure. All right. So Hit me, Sergeant. Think, <laughs> you know how this works. So I'll just yes. rattle off some characters and you'll tell me if you think when all is said and done, they will live or die. Okay. All right. How about um, Fred and George? They had better live. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I have answer. to say. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. All right. How about Draco? I think he'll live. How about the hippogriff formerly known as Buckbeak? Uh, hmm. That's an interesting one. I guess he'll live unless he is trying to protect someone and then maybe he'll die but i think he'll live we'll get into the the more serious ones here how about the big meanie himself lord v he who shall not be named oh he's gonna die 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 yeah, doesn't yeah, seem to be I, much way around there. Around I, yeah, that, does I once had the I, I once had the thought that his greatest fear is death. So the worst punishment, or you know, Dumbledore said there are worse things than death, and he was mm. like, "Oh yeah, right, whatever." And so I thought, how poetically ironic would it be <laughs> um, if he were to discover that there are ah, worse yes. things than death by you know becoming a ghost where he's powerless or whatever but then i was thinking you know if he's still if he's a ghost they can still infect people with their maliciousness and evil right. thoughts and things like that so no i think he needs to die yeah <laughs> gone i think all there the way. are a lot of people who would agree with <laughs> yeah him. all right how about harry Harry will live. Yeah. I'm I'm one hundred percent confident that he'll live. Excellent. And like Joe could surprise me. Like she always does. Yeah, she certainly could surprise yeah. us. Yeah, I think he'll live. All right. And no one will be surprised with the one I'm gonna end with. <laughs> Severus Snape. He's gonna die. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. I uh, thought she might say that. <laughs> yeah. As much as you know, I'll cry. Mm-hmm. I will weep. But he's got to die. Um, I don't think it makes any sort of literary sense for him to stay al- uh, alive after book seven. Unless, of course, Voldemort wins. Right. <laughs> and he's really evil, in which case, who knows? But <laughs> Wouldn't that just be a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely be a surprise. I think if, if Voldemort wins, Severus living won't be my biggest surprise. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't say <laughs> Well, all right. Good answers to all of those. And I guess uh, that'll wrap things up for us. Well, so, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everybody out there, for listening. Yes, thank you very and much, too. We hope you enjoy the rest of the show. 
बाय बाय And now it's time for Canon Conundrums featuring special guest Steve Vanderark from the Harry Potter Lexicon. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? Well, hello everyone. We are back for another Canon Conundrum and boy, we got a doozy tonight and it's Ooh. mentioning the S word, Mr. Snape. <laughs> Socks. Yes. Snuffles. <laughs> the S word. Shacklebolt. No, no. <laughs> we could mention Shacklebolt. That's so. Dolish has an S in it. Okay. Conundrums. I know. Oh, John's not here to say Canon Conundrums. Oh, but look at who that voice is. It's Mr. Uh, Vandermark. Mr. Vandermark. Excuse me. Or Steve Vanderark. How quickly we forget. Oh, yeah. that's the S word. <laughs> and who's that voice? Who does that belong to? Uh, it's Mr. Guru. Guru it's himself. You guys might hear be hearing some more of Guru very yeah. soon. That's all I'm going to say about that. Ooh, la di da. All right then. So, what are we talking about tonight? Oh, uh, we got a good one though. The question okay. is, where were Snape and Draco going at the end of Book Six after the big battle at the Tower? And all those oh, events. Where did they apparate to? To have lunch. Did they go out for lunch, did they? They go do lunch. <laughs> oh. I know. You know, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because when I started thinking about this, one of the first things I thought was, well, where didn't they go? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because we don't know the answer, but where didn't they go? I think it's pretty clear that they, you know, didn't go out for lunch because <laughs> it was nighttime. So it would have been dinner. Yeah. yeah. Before we go further, we looked for topics and. Sure, the idea of where they where they went is discussed on the forums, but it's not in really any concentrated form. So the only real info we have is from Harry Potter, the Half Blood Prince. So here I am on page six hundred four of the American edition. So we're going to do a little about a paragraph. Kill me then, panted Harry, who felt no fear at all, but only rage and contempt. Kill me like you killed him, you coward! Don't screamed Snape, and his face was suddenly demented, inhuman, as though he was in as much pain as the yelping, howling dog stuck in the burning crowds behind them. Call me coward! And he slashed at the air. Harry felt a white hot whip, like something hit him across the face, and was slammed backwards into the ground. Spots of light burst in front of his eyes, and for a moment, all the breath seemed to have gone from his body. Then he heard a rush of wings and something obscurous. Something enormous obscured the stars. Buckbeak had flown at Snape, who had staggered backwards as the razor claw shook less of him, blah, 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 blah. Harry struggled to his feet, looking around groggily for his wand, hoping to give chase again, but even as his finger is fumbled in the grass, discarding twigs, he knew it would be too late, and sure enough, by the time he had located his wand, he turned only to see the hippogriff circling the gates. Snape had managed to disapparate just beyond the school's mat- boundaries. And that's pages 563, 564 for the uh, British edition, by the way. So can I ask right. a, a question right off the bat? Sure. Do we do we think that Draco and Snape went to the same place? No. No, right? That's that's an interesting question. I don't. Oh. And, and I'm going to tell you why I don't. Because before okay. that part that you read, Melissa, we don't know where Draco is already gone at this point. We just assume she yeah, does not, Snape kind right? Of- Held off the others, or Harry, I guess, so that Draco yes. could get away. Yeah. Yes, that was my thinking too, Guru. I was thinking, was he not just teaching Harry at the same time, but maybe he was also buying Draco a little time. Now, you can say, well, he's going to disapparate, and that could be magically he could be there. But I think mm-hmm. that Draco needed some extra time for him to, say, go get his mom, and the mm-hmm. two of them hit the road. So he's giving them just that extra 
I don't know what you call it, lead time or, or something. I don't yeah. know. Well, right before this passage is the part where Snape says, have you forgotten our orders? Potter belongs to the Dark Lord. We are to leave him. Go, go. And then right before that, the last thing we hear of Draco on page 602 is when Snape says, run, Draco. But you don't even see Draco in the whole scene. And then he's gone. And they have their whole confrontation. And he says, don't call me coward, etc. And then Buckbeak shows up. Yeah, You know, that's why I love these things. It me never either. occurred to me that they didn't go somewhere together. And, you know, until right this second, it never even occurred to me that Draco knows how to operate on his own. I was assuming right. it was side-along apparition. I think it goes back to, though... I bet he splinched himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably known how to do it for a long time, but just like his broomstick writing, is not quite right. See, because anyway. the way I've been thinking about this, I mean, Draco's pretty much... I mean, he cannot go back, obviously, go back to school. And, well, and for no. obviously yeah. not. And, and, and neither well, Dumbledore can... Dumbledore is not headmaster anymore. Well, yeah. but see, the only person that knows what happened, I mean, besides the Death Eaters is but Harry. Harry right? tells the important people. But obviously, yeah, right. Yeah. And he's told everybody, and obviously Crab and Goyle can't go back either, I would think, right. at this point. So Draco has, has fled on his own. Right. Why don't we focus on Snape first for a second? Where do you okay, think he sure. went? Let's, what are some possibilities? I mean, there's... Spinner's, Spinner's End. I don't know if anyone else knows about that. Right. Yeah. Well, um, if that's the Snape family home, then people would know right. about it. But I mean, my first impression was a safe house of some kind. But do you uh -huh. think that they went? Do you think they or he went directly to Voldemort and Voldemort, yeah. and reported in? That I seems do. logical. It does. I would of. think that Snape would have to, if he's if he's evil, he wants to go to Voldemort and tell him what happened. And he has to protect Draco, so he would. And if he's not evil, then he must do damage control immediately. Right, I agree with that completely. Because he's still bound by that unbreakable vow, right? I mean, well, he still has no, a he just, he just fulfilled it. He just fulfilled it. No, I still think it's, it's ongoing. Because if you read that, if you read what she says... One of them was keep Draco from harm or something. Right, like the that. second sentence goes, And will you, to the best of your ability, protect him from harm? I will. So I, that... And that's, yeah, that's unbreakable, true. right? So that and that wish that's phrased. I didn't think that would ever. Okay, just a side note on that. Does that okay. mean that if since since Snape did that, that for the rest of Draco and Snape's life, he's got to protect him and keep him from harm? Or that's do you think question. that the, no. do you think that 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 unbreakable vow had a built-in context to it? I don't know. That's just a side note that I never yeah, thought I was, of. You said I was that, thinking right? about that too. But okay, anyway. So go ahead. Narcissus spoke, will you Severus watch over my son Draco as he attempts to fulfill the Dark Lord's wishes? I will, said Snape. And will you, to the best of your ability, protect him from harm? I will, said Snape. And will, should it prove necessary, if it seems Draco will fail, will you carry out the deed that the Dark Lord has ordered Draco to perform? And he said, I will. But notice that it is all framed by as he attempts to fulfill the Dark Lord's wishes. Right, right, right. So, but, but I would think, I would think that it is certainly possible that this would still fall under that category of finishing off the, the whole sure. thing. So we're thinking, I mean, we were talking about possibly going to, to check in with Voldemort. You think that if he is, yeah. if he is not evil, he's not going to do that? I think Don't he think still that, has to. I think he'd do it either yeah. way. No, I think, I think he right. will. Absolutely. It's damage control. He's got to right. get over there and be the first one to report. So, you know, so I guess that's, that, that's where I think Snape went, but. Boy, this whole idea of if Draco went somewhere else, that's... <laughs> well, let me, can I ask you this, and maybe this is just a goofball question, but I don't know. Does Draco now owe him a wizard debt to Snape? No. Uh, no, because he didn't no, save his life, no. did he? Right. Well, she made it very clear that saving him a life in that way, because other people have saved each other's lives before, and the same thing hasn't happened, but it has to be a very direct, if you step out of the way and let this other person die... 
you can save your own life. Like you're given the choice. It's, it's very, very clear. She made that clear in the interview. So it wasn't like somebody had their wands on Draco and Snape was standing between them and they said to, to Voldemort, whatever, said to Snape, step out of the way and you will be spared. And he said, no, knowing he was going to die anyway, that would be the same thing and Draco would have a debt. Okay. Mm. At the risk of going way off track, that would seem to imply that Wormtail doesn't owe Harry anything. But mm-hmm. I would agree. I think you're right. I think there's something different going on there, but I, I, I still don't. I, I agree. Like I, I think the point of this conversation, I don't think Draco would owe okay. Snape for that. No. I don't think. But, but according to that, you're right. Yeah. And debt to Voldemort doesn't mean have a specific life debt to Voldemort. What we're saying then is that uh, Snape probably went back to Voldemort. Basically, now I was a thinking, I was assuming again that he's got Draco with him. But uh, then, where did Draco go? Do you think to his mother? To his, his mother mom. to hide, or I mean, do you think well, Snape said, you know, I'll fix things, or you know, what what's best for Draco? I mean, who? What happens to people who try to hide from Voldemort? Like it usually doesn't end up well, does it? Right, because we we assume that Draco knows about this unbreakable vow. Do we? Uh, we don't know. We don't. I wouldn't uh, assume that. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, oh, I'd have to quick dig. I don't didn't think Snape he say would something to Snape at the Christmas party. Didn't he say something to him like he knows that Snape is supposed to be watching out for him? Or yeah, but that's a little different. Right. 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 I that's, think he yeah. would. It's a little different that Snape was trying to have to wedge himself into Draco's life, but he might mm-hmm. even Draco might be behooved to let him do that if it meant the difference between Snape living and dying. Mm. Think about this though. Think about Draco's frame of mind at this point. Okay. After he's actually, you know, this kind of this whole thing is this sounds really great in a way and really heroic and everything until you actually do it. And then, I mean, where is his mind right now? Where He, he lost his nerve. He didn't do what he had set out to do. Does he right. dare face the Dark Lord? Is he running for his life or is he or is yeah. he ready to go walking up to Voldemort and said, here's what I did? I have a feeling he's not. I think he's going to try and save his mother. And then I think he doesn't care about his life anymore after that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you think he's smart enough and thinking clearly enough to realize that Voldemort probably expected him to die in his attempt? Or I, I think maybe that aftershot, once he realized the, the gravity of the situation, I mean, when mm-hmm. you're running and you realize something like that, I think mm-hmm. fear is a very mind-clearing thing sometimes. <laughs> it can, can cloud your mind, but I think, too, he probably realized this is like, you know, live or die situation, and mm-hmm. he probably... Instinct thing, yeah. yeah. Well, he probably, if nothing else, he realizes that now his life is over. Yeah. He cannot go yeah. to the good side. He cannot go right. to the bad side. He is either on his own for his life, or Voldemort will right. find him and kill him. Well, but do you, do you think so? Do you think Voldemort will consider him to have failed he arranged to get the death eaters in there and he set it up so i I realize that snape did the deed but he didn't exactly fail i mean and the only one who will know whether like how he wavered would be snape you know unless i guess voldemort could pull that out of his mind no no the the Uh, other death eaters were there right i mean i don't think that they and and right but but i mean even so Even yeah. so, I mean, he didn't fail. He he did an amazing thing to figure out how to get the Death Eaters into the castle. To, I mean, if he didn't mm-hmm. fire the fatal shot, somebody else did. That still got done. I mean, I'm sure Draco uh, feels like he failed, but I don't know that Voldemort is going to see that as a total failure. Right. Well, that's true. I guess Voldemort uh, will see what he wants to see. That's like, exactly right. I mean, you know, what am he, I saying here? Voldemort Draco. is going <laughs> to be kind of cool on the whole thing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he doesn't care, then maybe he'll say, all right, you know. He proved something there. Or if he wanted mm-hmm. Draco to fail from the beginning, then he'll be mm-hmm. like, you failed. 
<laughs> you're done. <laughs> yeah, I guess if he wanted him, if if he was doing it as punishment for Lucius, and so then anything other than absolute perfectly doing it is yeah. going to be enough of a failure for Draco to be a dead yeah. man, basically. And it would be hard to think that Draco <clears throat> proved anything to Voldemort there, right? Yeah, and you know, I'm looking at at the passage. And all of the wavering, all of the wishy-washing that Draco does is before those Death Eaters get there for the most part. Those Death Eaters get up there and all he pretty much says before Snape is, is that he didn't want Fenrir there. And they have this whole interchange and he does waver a bit. Fenrir threatens to, to d- kill Dumbledore instead. Yeah. Okay. So, but, so, but I think, I think the overarching thing is the fact that Voldemort, is, as, as I think you said this, Guru, is, is, is he's going to see what he wants to see. If he wants mm-hmm. Draco yeah. to be guilty of not doing it correctly, then <laughs> Draco is <Then he's> guilty. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> it doesn't really matter who saw what. You know. Sure. So aren't we presented with Draco with a choice? Do something completely desperate in order to save his life for Voldemort's, or he can submit himself to the fact that he his life is over and ruined and do something good before he dies. Mm. Wow. I think there's a distinct possibility that he is going to have a, a tremendous, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? A, a, a massive revelation in his own life where he realizes where he's put himself. And, and I think, I think it's going to be an epiphany. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge Draco fan. Everybody knows that, but still, no. I think that if there's anything that's gonna if there's anything that's going to be a life changing experience, I think this could be it. But you know, a person at core doesn't totally change, so I can't see her flipping him like that. But I can see him doing something without seeking the glory of it. Him doing something for good and not being a good person, mm-hmm. but sort of being left in that gray area at the end. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, like like y'all have said, he's kind of his life is over, his life as he knew it. Yeah. So you know that kind of you know that maybe all that's left is to try to I don't know you know maybe his mother he can do something to try to protect her or someone else that he might care about a little bit. Yeah, I think it has to do with his mom. I, I was gonna say more more than Lucius. I mean, I just because. Yeah. I, I I firmly believe that they'll be out of jail like really early on in the book, and, mm-hmm, or if they mm-hmm. aren't already, even I almost wonder if I, I don't know. I just find the absence of those guys just too curious, and the absence of Bellatrix at that that final thing did just really really bothered me a lot. Yeah. So so we're imagining Draco going back to his mother. I, that's yes, where I think he is. Yeah. Because it, so so are we assuming that 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 Narcissa knew? What was happening, knew that this was the night, knew that this was when it was going to be, knew that her son's life was hanging. She's sitting at home in agony, wondering what's going on. And when he shows up, it's going to be, and maybe she's making plans so that when he gets there, totally confused, she says, here we go. I do because she knows that this is happening. This is in the works. Otherwise, why would she do the unbreakable right. vow? And there's a big giant death mark hanging in the sky over Hogwarts. That seems to me that something, mm. if this, she kind of would, I just think as a, you know, that would be her she instinct, would, no. you know. She might hear through the Death Eater grapevine. She takes over. She says, we're going. I've already got yeah. it planned out. I've got our escape route planned. And off they go. Right. It seems reasonable. And I mean, I'm thinking about it and I wonder if, you know, if, if they do run, like maybe it's not going to be Voldemort's first priority. He's not going to be like, let's go. I need to hunt down Draco first. Like if say he does want him dead, like, you know, maybe they can just get, you know, be on the lamb for a while. And, and, you know, if they happen to cross paths with a Death Eater, then they might be in trouble. But the other alternative is that Draco goes back to Voldemort. 
Yeah. And okay. S- and stands there and says, here I am. I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Right. Do you think he would do that? I was thinking what, yeah, what Snape would have told him. Yeah. Um, Snape will say, I can block him out. We also read that Draco was an Aquaman in book six. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Draco oh, might right. be able to block them out from Baltimore and they could fool him. Oh, but he <laughs> I don't really know that Draco though. can fool. I don't yeah. think Draco can fool Voldemort. I don't know. But maybe just enough. If he could fool Dumbledore, well, you know, if he could do it the whole year. I don't think he fooled Dumbledore. Oh, I think. Oh, no. Dumbledore knew the whole time what, what, oh, yeah. what he was up to. Yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. I can see Draco as being good at it. Put it this way. It's not outside my realm of possibility for him. Well, if Snape was helping him, maybe with it, if they were both like yeah. doing Malchus me at the same time on Voldemort, maybe I don't, I don't know. But he can't. No, I'm sorry. Wait, he can't say that because everybody else watched. So what should happen. right, but he can still go back there and say he can say he can wait for Snape, and they can and they can go in there together and say we did it. Um. So, or should we wrap this up here? Do you, are we? I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about Snape where he might have gone? You I know, mean, I, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I agree that he probably would have gone to, to Voldemort either way. But could he have yeah. maybe like taken a quick side trip, or is there no, you know, anything else? You know, yeah. Now you got to figure Snape is sitting there, or, or excuse me, Voldemort's got to be sitting there the whole time waiting for the report. Yeah, and the other guys so are starting so you aren't to show gonna up. Just so. gonna stop off at the pub on your way. He's gonna, gonna. By the time they get to him, he's not gonna know what's happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Just try to imagine that conversation. Just try to imagine. Yeah. When Snape Snape shows up, and Snape is now says now permanently placed himself as the ultimate yeah. spy. Not that I like Snape or anything. Oh my gosh! And our only our only answers are like we still don't know where the places are. We just sort of know like who we think they might have gone to, which yeah. I guess is close enough. Yeah, and we know that they didn't stop off for dinner and drop in at the pub. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are they at the Riddle House, the Riddle Manor? Are they? Ah. Oh. You See, know, you know, and then that, that also HQ brings up is. the question of where is Voldemort all this time? That's what I meant, yeah. yeah. Where is, where <laughs> exactly. are the, where's the Death Eaters headquarters, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Snickler. We don't know. There's Grimold Place. Where's the Death Eaters? Mm-hmm. Where is it? There has to be some place where they can. <laughs> well, I don't think they would choose the Riddle House because that's just too well known. I mean, by the order, at least. I mean, at least. I'd... Right. Let's wrap this up before this goes any further. Okay. I think we're all going to have the same so, answers. I don't know. Are we all same okay. answer people? I don't, I don't know. know. I, we did that last yeah. week, and it's just kind of boring. Let's see, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just don't know that we're all in the same place. Uh, Jason, rather. <laughs> well, I think that Draco and Snape went to different places. I'm going to go with what Steve said. I think that Draco probably went first to Mom. I don't know if he would have tried to flee or go to Voldemort, but I think Snape probably had to go right to Voldemort because I don't see any other way. And they may have had a plan together, but I'm just not so sure at this point. I think Draco is. You know, kind of freaked out. He's just trying to run away from everything. So there you go. I'm with you, Guru. I'm with you. All right. I'm not. What is it? Good. Nah, I, I, you know, I, I think those are all good theories, but I really, I'm going to go back to the way I originally read the book, which is that Snape and Draco left together and that there was the plan at this point and they went back to Voldemort together. Together. And I, I, I love the idea that that he went back to mom, and mom had a plan, and they tried mm-hmm. to escape. And you know what? You may be right, but I really, I'm just thinking that they went, and I still think they went together. I think that Draco and 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 uh, Snape apparated to Voldemort, and Draco stood there and took it and said, "Here's what I did." 
That's what I think. All right. Wow. I didn't mean to like kill the entire conversation with that. But. Well, no, no, because I had originally thought that, that I had said that way early on that I think Drake goes off with his mom. And I think they've had that whole thing pre-planned. And I, 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 I think that they, I don't think Draco will show up before the Dark Lord for a while. I think he eventually will have a meeting with Mr. V, but <laughs> I, I just don't think that. Mr. V. <laughs> it's, it's like the northeast <laughs> corner of the office, you know, the, the name with the plaque out yeah. front. <laughs> and Snape. And Snape went. Snape went straight to to Voldemort. Yeah. He had no. He had no other choice. I just think, regardless of what, if you think he's on the good side or good, or the double agent or whatever it is, he has. I think he has no all no choice but to go yeah. face Voldemort. And I just away. think he took Draco with him. All right, I think it's time. Okay, Focus. it is. All right, join us next time for Canon Conundrums. We have decided to uh, to turn our attentions to a slightly more pleasant topic than all these Death Eaters and murders and all that stuff. And our question for next time is going to be this. Is Sybil Trelawney a fraud? Simple as that. I think we're going to have a good time with that one. Hope you join us. Uh, the mail's here. Mail time. Oh, great. Thanks. And it's mail time. Mail time. the mail. We need to do like a little jingle to go for that, you know, like all yeah. of us singing. Hey, everyone. Mail time. It's mail time. Send us your ideas for the intro for the mail time. Yeah, contest. That would be a good contest. Staff at podcast.com. <laughs> well, we're all hoping you enjoyed last week's mailbag. Because we sure we, did. Yeah, we yes, had a we good did. time. <laughs> we had a great time. We just we just received all of these voicemails from um, October fifteenth through this today, so they're nice and fresh. So let's dive into them right here. Hey, podcast. My name is Nikki, and I'm calling from Massachusetts. I came across something about that I think might be about Snape on page six fifty one. Voldemort is talking about his six missing Death Eaters. He says three are dead in his service. One too cowardly to return, that would be Karkaroff. Um, he will pay. One, I believe, has left me forever. He will be killed, of course. And one who remains my faithful servant and has already re-entered my service. And mentions that that uh, Death Eater is at Hogwarts. Um, and I assume that that one would be Barty Crouch Jr. So do you think that means that Severus Snape is the Death Eater that has left him forever and will be killed? Um isn't that a pretty good sign that he's actually good and not evil? What do you guys think about that? Thanks. Love the show. You know, yes. I think that it, that is Snape, but I, th- I kind of think that was answered. But I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah I do think that was Snape. Yeah. Well, Joe, Joe, I'm pretty sure that Joe has said that, um, that a lot of the theories in the fandom are correct. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, didn't specifically answer that, that it's Snape. But I, I think she was implying that... Majority because that's been discussed in the fandom a long time, and and that right. a lot of people seem to think yeah. that it's it's Snape. Yeah, um, but I don't know that it necessarily proves that he's good or no. evil. I don't think it no. proves either way. No, I think you're right. No, because yeah. if if he um if he just because he did say this to uh when he did the unbreakable vow, he said that he waited a couple hours and went back, and that way he could still be mm-hmm. at Hogwarts and appear to be faithful to Dumbledore, and he could you know, still work for um, the Death Eater. So I think that in a way that, you know, he could fool somebody into thinking that, that he was the bad guy. Or he was the bad guy, one of the two. Yeah. 
I mean, wasn't there some confusion for a while if, like, the references to Snape and uh, Barty Crouch were, like, switched? Like, Barty was the one that was going to leave him forever, but Snape was the one that's already in Hogwarts oh. doing yeah, I see what you're his saying. nonsense. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because the only thing that really screws that up, at least uh, cinematically, is when they put Barty at the beginning of the movie. Right, just a bit. <laughs> But you know, kind of there's several out. things that are cinematically screwed up. So I don't know that we should yeah. rule it out based on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, Chris, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's a. I think we about got that figured yeah. out, right? I mean, that's got to be. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, I think we're going to continue to learn more about that all the way up until this last book. Oh, definitely. So, as I think the, the whole Unbreakable Vow chapter. Yeah was almost like a continuation of that graveyard speech. Yeah. And the and the and the explanation of what happened what that was all about that speech, but yeah. I think we're not we've not heard the last of that. So Yeah. Let's um let's push on through here. We got uh I think another one about Snape. Hi, this is Gina or Lumen's line on the forum, calling from Hong Kong. Uh, I want to say that I love podcast and my question is about the defense against the dark arts teacher. We've heard in Half-Blood Prince that no defense teacher has been there for more than a year since Voldemort asked the job. But hadn't Quirrell already been there for at least a year in Philosopher's Stone? Percy knows him, and he's introduced as new. And we know he took time off, which is when he went to meet Voldemort. So I just wanted to know what you guys thought. And Kanye Fat Choi. Yeah, I, I don't... <clears throat> did, we, did, did they actually say that, that no, no, since Voldemort has... There's not been... Did that, was that the actual quote? I think it was Dumbledore's quote. Oh. But Quirrell, it was there before, wasn't it? Yeah, because he, he said he took a year off to go to whatever study, and that's when he ran into Voldemort ah. or whoever in the woods of... I don't know where it but was. was he teaching defense before? Well, you know, that's a good point. He could have been yeah. teaching defense. Yeah, that is a good could point. He have, could he have came back from the thing with Voldemort right in there in his head yeah. and said, <laughs> I think I think I want to teach defense now. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. I mean, he could have been teaching. We don't know what. Which is a peculiar move for someone who is possessed by Voldemort. Voldemort, knowing full well <laughs> the curse he put on the position, yeah. that oh man, I'm going into a cursed position. Unless it had no effect on him, because well, you know he is. Yeah, if you know, know about it, Voldemort cancels. Yeah. The curse. <laughs> if you know, yeah. it cancels it out. Well, right, and Voldemort didn't care. I mean, he was going to, you know, I mean, he just wanted to live. So, I mean, if he had to kill, you know, Quirrell at some point, then so be it. You know, that, yeah. in Voldemort's mind. Yeah. And his plan was to get the stone. So, I mean, he's he's kind right. of arrogant. So I think that he would have thought, well, I'll get the stone and, you know, right. this guy's a dead man anyway. So what difference does it make? Right, right. Yeah. Does anybody feel bad for Quirrell? Yeah, totally. Yeah, actually, a little bit because, I mean. Do you think he's written to be felt bad for him? I, I think that he's meant for you to pity him, in a way. Yeah. He's kind of pitiful, yeah. You know, what actually... It's very interesting for the first something villain. Something I like, the way see. she writes, I mean, there's really very few characters who are just... It's like everyone has issues. Okay, Bellatrix pretty much hate her guts. Um, yeah, yeah, Voldemort, I love Bellatrix. Like but, <laughs> but a lot of the... It's like even Draco, it's like, you know, there's like hidden... There's like death... Yeah. So I guess well, I don't know about as for Quirrell, I don't I don't know. I mean I just 
I mean, I think it's a mistake on Joe's part, because you could just as easily say, oh, Quirrell taught, you know, yeah. um, what else What else could he have taught? Because McGonagall's been teaching Transfiguration. Well, I mean... We, we, Snape has been in potions. I mean, what if he was teaching Muggle Studies, I mean, or something, you know, obscure? I mean, we don't... Could have been Muggle yeah, Studies. Or, or something like, like Arithmancy. ruins or anything. I mean, he yeah, could have just yeah. been yeah. teaching something else. Yeah. Could have been. Could have been. Well, I guess maybe... We'll find that out. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably not, but who knows? Well, wait for the wait for the encyclopedia. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Joe. Joe, you're busy right now. Okay. I don't know. Come on, Joe. We'll all buy it. We'll pay a hundred bucks for that uh, book. What the hell? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to another one. Hi, Pottercast. This is Chris from Salt Lake City. I haven't called since Pottercast number nine, but I think I found something new. Uh, J.K. Rowling draws a lot of parallels between Harry and Voldemort. And when Dumbledore visited Tom Riddle's orphanage, he told the matron, Mrs. Cole, quote, You understand, I'm sure, that we will not be keeping him permanently. He will have to return here, at the very least, every summer, end quote. Have to return and at the very least sound a lot like Harry's arrangement with the Dursleys. Could it be that Merope got her baby among muggles to protect him? If so, she may have refused to do magic to avoid being detected by someone in the magical world. And rather than save her own life magically, she died to save her baby and thus left a magical protection on the orphanage like Her- Lily Potter's protection on Harry. I'm starting to think that Tom Riddle was protected at his orphanage just as Harry is at the Dursleys. But then the question would be, why would he need protection? Any thoughts on all of this? Keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Doesn't every student have to go home, though, during the summer? I mean, isn't that just like almost... Like, because Lily went home, almost everyone goes home in the summer. Isn't that just like... It is, but you get the sense that there's more with this. Well, and and like, what if you wanted to spend the summer with a friend? I think that would be okay for another student, but he was very specific. Right, yeah. He has to come back to the orphanage, or he has to go back to the Dursleys. Yeah, it is kind of a dick move to make. You have to go back to an orphanage. The one thing, it's like, you can't stay here. Right. Yeah, but Dumbledore also knew that that what that that Tom Riddle was was an exceptional student. I mean, and and I think maybe he, that was that was a way to help. I don't know, not control him, but help keep him uh, teaching for for him to, to go back to where he he came from. I don't know. You know the, uh, the only thing about that that always struck me as weird is Dumbledore <laughs> kind of knew that that Tom was abusing the other kids in the orphanage. Yeah. 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 Well, what do you think about that part, though, he said about Merope and love and, and deliberately trying to save her baby? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, oh, I'm sure she wouldn't go back to, that, to those lovely people that she was living with, those, her dad and her brother, but I, I, I don't know about that. Hmm. That part really kind of stumped me. I have to read A Half Blood Prince again. I'd like to... To think though that she John. loved her kid because I think that she loved, I think she loved his father. Yes, and yeah. maybe yeah. she yeah. idolized him at first, but I think that she loved him enough to not give him the John. potion anymore and let yeah. him have the freedom of choice. And uh, you know, I think that she loved her son, and, and I could see her doing something like that. At least I would hope yeah. that she would, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, poor Mrs. Voldemort, or Mama Voldemort. Mama Voldemort, Mama Voldy. <laughs> well, Kristen, what do you think? Okay. I think you all have made very good points. 
<laughs> I don't know that I have anything intelligent to add. I, I think that, yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah. That would definitely be a neat additional parallel between Harry and Voldemort. I think mm-hmm. all those parallels are going to be so important in book seven. But, I mean, did Merope know that she was the, that they were definitely the heirs to Slytherin? I mean, did she, was, she, was she consciously aware of that? And that she was trying to protect her son from that, that, that dark magic? I mean, did she I don't know? know. I mean, did, she doesn't really seem... I don't know. Do you think she would have understood that fully? I, 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 it seemed to me that she wouldn't. She know. had the locket, and she knew <laughs> a little bit about the locket. She may not have known the full implications of it, but you know, the, to me, that would be the one thing that might right. clue in that, and the fact that her parents, her father, hated um, muggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, explain this to me. Who would Dumbledore assume that Voldemort needs protection from? If he was relying on the protection of the orphanage. Well. <laughs> Mm. It may be that he wanted to protect him from the Slytherin in- I don't influence. think that matters. I mean, that, that's the first thing that would come to my mind. I mean, I guess... Well, now, wait a second. When, what year was this happening? Voldemort is about how old? Oh, I'm so bad with years. We should look at oh, the lexicon. Yeah. I want to be remember. One of us got to remember. This is when Steve Lexicon Steve needs to be around because he's got this damn. Yeah, why remember anything well, when you have Steve? Do you think he's older? Do you think this happened pre Grindelwald? You mean his birth? The whole orphanage I've... coming to the school. You're 11 years old. Do you think when Voldemort was 11, oh. this was pre Grindelwald? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure that. So th- this happened in like, when did this happen? The Grindelwald stuff. The forties. Yeah. Grindelwald was defeated in the forties because it was during World War Two. Oh, that's right. It was the end. The same. The same. He was defeated in forty-five, right? The same year that World War Two ended, isn't that right? Yeah. So that would make Voldemort have to be in his sixties or seventies, wouldn't it? To be eleven years old and yeah. all that. I guess you know, if there's, there had to have been other dark wizards pre-Voldemort, obviously, even other than Grindelwald. So I guess if any one of them found out, hey, there's an heir to Slytherin running around in here, I, pro- I probably figured they'd want to get their hands on him and could you know, make him an apprentice or try to use the heir of Slytherin yeah. to push their whatever their agenda is. But do we even know that Voldemort knew he was heir of Slytherin? I don't know. Uh, I mean, no, if Dumbledore no. knew he was heir of Slytherin? I think he knew he was heir. Uh, well, we know he knew he was heir of Slytherin when he put his uh, part right. of him in the diary. Right. So, I don't, I mean, I don't think he knew it when he was 11 years old. Hmm, probably not. I wonder when he finds out. I don't know, but when Joe hops off that treadmill and calls him, yeah, maybe she'll answer Come that on, one. Come on, Joe. <laughs> we, are, we are just answering questions and coming up with even bigger questions. We Let's are. We maybe rock. she'll send us a mailbag. That would be so cool. Like send us a little question. Yeah, that would be. That would be. So well, Joe. speaking of that, that's so an excellent Joe. lead into our last question of the day. Hey, Pottercast. This is Katie calling from Scarlow, Maine, and I have a question about the future of the Harry Potter franchise when it comes to, to the movies. Since we don't know when Movie 7 is going to be released, do you think that the Potter franchise um, is going to be as big as it as it is now, or do you think maybe it'll fade? Because the, cause the books are going to be pretty much done um, 
hopefully within the, the next year. And um, movie seven may not be released for another three, four, maybe even five years. So thanks, and I love to hear your opinions. Bye. Fading away. Well, no. What other franchises recently that were so popular? What's their uh, presence today? Star, Star Wars, Wars maybe. Uh, Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings. What's their presence today? Star Trek. Well, you know. I don't follow those fandoms. I'm sure there's lots of websites that have not died away yet for any of Well, and series. if you look at look at something like Jane Austen, because the thing about Star yeah. Wars and Star Trek is they do have they did have a huge fandom, but they didn't have the literature to kind of keep it yeah. alive. Mm-hmm. But if you look at something like the Jane Austen Society, and they they still you know there there are tons of websites out there. There's a huge there's a huge fandom. It's a different type of, of genre, so to speak. But at the same time, it you know you have this great piece of literature to base it on. Teachers are always yeah. going to use it. Kids are always going right. to read it, no matter well, no matter what. I know that. And the same with Tolkien too. Yeah. I mean, those those yeah. Lord of the Ring books are they're not going anywhere. Well, so you know, um, I will say though, this ah. is a common question among my librarian friends: is this is this really a classic? Which uh, I take yeah. the side that it is. A but or she pop said, you culture. know, there's she said there's a lot of series that have come out that at the time they were written were wildly popular. Um but later on, I mean they were kind of popular for their time and they faded somewhat. I don't think this is gonna fall into this, but you know, are we gonna be so obsessed with this that we make our kids and our kids' kids crazy about it and they're like, God, don't talk about Harry Potter anymore. I mean, is it, is it, is it specific to our generation? I don't think so. I mean, I think it is a, I think it's gonna be a classic, but you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to consider. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that once, you know, the books are done, the films are done, I don't think there'll ever be a time where any of us will think and sit and consider, wow, we were really obsessed with this stuff and then ever think, you know, negatively about that. But I think that Harry Potter will always just have that place. And, you know, any fan's heart, I just say, grow up. I don't think they'll ever think less of the days they were ridiculous about it. But I don't know. I mean, fade away and that there's no new material, fine. There are lots of people who will always be writing fan fictions, especially depending on how Book 7 ends, if it ends with any end or loose end to tie up. I mean, even Star Wars, I have to say this for all the Star Wars fans who will be emailing, there's, there's lots of books written about, or in, inside of the Star Wars um, universe, written by George Lucas and those guys, and it actually yes. continues after episode six mm-hmm. with uh, Luke and um, other people, I don't remember, I didn't really read Han them. and Leah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, because my son reads those books, but um, yeah, I agree well, with you, John. And plus, I'd like to say, too, that Joe is, has said that, that there's a possibility that she'll do that encyclopedia, so right. mm-hmm. I think this, this, this sense that's going to die out within like the next two or three years, I think that's pretty, no, I think that's short Certainly term. Not I, I, I short-sighted, I don't, I don't think that's going to be, that excitement's going to fade within the no. next two or three years. Well, you know, and I honestly, I honestly think the fact that she is not going to yeah if we're lucky we're going to get hogwarts a history but yeah i answered a question the day from someone who was just like can't we start a petition to get joe to write you know lillian james their history part of the reason this is so good is it's a complete story you know george Mm -hmm. lucas 
actually didn't write any of those additional books. He, like, farmed them out. And some are good and some are crap. I don't think they've added to the whole Star Wars story. I think they've actually kind of degraded it somewhat. Mm. Um, Because they're just not that good. And I'm really glad she's not going to go out and write, you know, or commission a 20 series. Here's the history of, you know, everything. Because it's not going to match up, you know? Well, and it's nice to know that they have some things left to the imagination. Things like exactly what did Coral teach before exactly. he taught defense. Because then, I mean, really, if you think about it, if you had the answer to every little thing, what's left to think about? Other than just, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's a neat. Right, exactly. Oh, well, there it is. And boys and girls, I think we should move on to the wrap-up. Yes. Yeah. Very good mailbag. Everybody yeah. keeps sending your voicemails in. You can um, send them in to, uh, through Skype with the username mm-hmm. Pottercast. Mm-hmm. You can uh, leave us a uh, voicemail with our a little 800 number, which is... Actually, we don't have an 800 number, do we? We suck. <laughs> this number probably will cost you money. one seven zero two forty two leaky which is uh, 53259. And the cheap way is just to do it through Skype. Or you can record yourself and just attach it to an email to staff at podcast.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to send us send us treats, you can you can uh, mail a little package <laughs> to the PO box <laughs> at um, four zero five five nine Staten Island, New York one zero three zero four. Attention, the Leaky Collagen, and all that information is on podcast.com on the bottom right side. And, Excellent. And uh, Kristen Doris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Thanks I had a good time. We'll see you in the next mailbag. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. <laughs> oh, it's the end. Cool. <coughs> it's the end of John. It's the end of John. Oh. Uh, let's, let's not <laughs> leave John. John is like, oh, that is such <laughs> cute coughing. Oh, adorable copper. Everybody send your best oh. chicken noodle soup recipes to staff at podcast.com. Attention, John's medicine. Chicken soup for the John Noe soul. And also we'll get buckets of it yeah, in go, at go the ahead P.O. And box. Not there send you go. The, the soup to the P.O. box. Ew! It is God. getting to be that time. They just turned on the heat. And my, I mean, you guys probably heard in the background the radiator going once again. Remember? Oh, it's Remember cold the, ghost, the ghost radiator from like 40 oh, podcasts ago? Oh, the ghost radiator. <laughs> He's back. That's right, I do. The if you can tell us which episode of the ghost radiator was mentioned, mm. um, win a free call out next week. Speaking of call outs. Do we, we have, have a list? Out? Well, here's the thing. Cool. Our blog challenge, guys. Go to pottercast.com. Yeah. And there is a link to our blog challenge. Here's how it works. You use our flash players. You use our layout. You use mm-hmm. our banners. You blog about Pottercast. We'll find you. We will yeah. find you because we've been finding people like that. Um, and we and you could win a prize depending on what you say, blah, blah, blah. It's sort of like... You put you put a bumper sticker on your car. We find you and yeah. give you a prize. We slash your tires. Yeah, John. Or the opposite of slashing tires. Or the opposite. We'll fill them up. Fill we them up we nice. go up and <laughs> no. Yeah, make top them off with there. <laughs> no, I've actually been going up commenting on people's blogs that I found mentioning us. I did that too. No, it's fun. I particularly enjoy hearing the entries that say, "This is my first blog." 
this is my first time doing a blog. And I'm like, well, look at that. You know, we got people starting the blog. And, you know, maybe, maybe one day we'll be responsible for, you know, someone getting fired over a blog entry talking about work or you know, all the other negative things that can happen with blogs. Well, Pottercat's making a difference in the world today. We are. Yes. We are. I feel All good right. about that. Anyway, the other part of that blog challenge is that if you go to our MySpace account, which is myspace.com slash Pottercast. What's MySpace? Friend- MySpace. I've never heard of such a place. It's a big, giant animal. <laughs> MySpace.com slash Pottercast. There you can connect with other Pottercast fans. You friend us. You leave us a message that says that you put us in your top friends on your own MySpace, and we'll give you a shout-out. Mm-hmm. Shall I do them for this week? Yes, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I was told that my shout-outs were too fast last week. Oh, they but were... they were musically good. I liked them. Yeah. Well, this you know week... what's funny is hmm. that the, the tune came from an old mattress commercial back in my hometown. <laughs> and the guy was trying to shout-out all of the bargains. <laughs> Yeah, they got bargains and bargains and bargains and bargains, which is much easier yeah. to sing than a bunch yeah. of random MySpace names I'll have now. Okay, MySpace <laughs> names this week. Tashana, Nina, Pottercast Kid Emily, Master Wulong, Miserable with Melank, oh, sorry, Angel, Jessica, Rosemary's Rockers. Okay. Uh-huh. This one's great. Hey, do me a favor, lose the tone. <laughs> Hey, do me a favor. There's a tone. Yes. Stu, Lord Polinsky, Daryl, Poser Daniel. I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. Hey, us too. Erin, Felicity, OOTP, OOTP itself, like the whole book. Duct tape distractions, Annoying One. Oh, you annoy me. Denise, Fairy, Suzanne, Susie, Stephanie, Jessica, the star. Jess, a Pottercast, and Dobby Freak. I'll be yours, Danny, Norbert, Nikki B, Chrissy, for reasons unknown, Deb, Hayden, Hiding Behind a Mask, Kelly, Declan, the original Fruit Loop, Snapecast. Snapecast has put us on their Top friends. Snape, we love Snapecast. Snapecast. Protect your wand. Wow. They're they're for mature audiences. Yes, we do. Rock on. Okay. Also, Manza, Ferret Boy Malfoy, Cuckoo for Tofu. (laughs) Cuckoo (laughs) Kachoo. That's awesome. I wish I was Matthew. Oh, who we missed last week. We totally missed his shout out, but that there. Matthew, you're cool. Philosopher Rock ran Pussycat. Caitlyn rocks out in Petrides. Tubbles 14 and Spence. Oh, Spence. Really? He thought about us? Um, well, this is somebody who put us in their top friends on MySpace. Spence put us in his top friends? Do you know who Spence is? No. I thought not. <laughs> How did you know? I know you very well, John. How long have we known each other? We're pushing that New Year's, New Year's Day here in a few months. 2007. John, November is uh, around. It's November is that's, when you first contacted. Up. Exactly. That's our. Um, it's about four years, isn't it? <sighs> oh, Three it, years. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. The, was it 2003 or 2002? I think it was 2002. <gasps> yeah, because I think. Wow. It might have been 2003. Wow. It might have been three because, yeah, because I graduated that year, so it was in. College. Three whole years, and then a couple months later, Sue came. No, a couple months, ten months before Sue came along. Oh my goodness! January '03, right? Yeah, that's. Look at us. The, we are the old farts of the lady <laughs> staff, apparently. Speak for yourself. Hey. Even though I'm technically older from you, I'm no. Oh, I'm no fart. Thank you. You are certainly no fart, Sue. I meant no malice <laughs> in the fart description, but. Uh, Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> This is so boring for people. Yeah, I'm sorry. What are we All right, talking so do about? we have a winner, though? Do we have a winner? Sue, that's up to you. Well, 
Super you know, picks this week. I have a winner. That's right. Okay, let's say this. I, I, there are two places I really, really want to go. One is Scotland, and one is Australia. And oh, this me week, too. I found this person who has this really cool username. Walking yeah. through Hogwarts, drunk on butterbeer. Whoa! I know. It's like it. your dream. Can you get drunk on butterbeer if you're not a house elf? And, and not even the, even better. She goes a proud huff huff Hufflepuff. Oh, How can you get knew. more perfect? Sue doesn't get to pick any more bias. Bias. She knew who was looking bias. through blogs. <laughs> bias. If they let me go, come on. They're, but she's got the whole the whole Pottercast thing happening. All sorts of banners. That's what we'd like to see. The Flash Player, if you're on MySpace. The little countdown thing that John came up with awesomely. And just dig it. You know what I'm going to do? Oh, here it comes. I'm going to go pick a Mets fan. Uh-oh. A Mets fan. Mets fans have to win Mets somehow. <laughs> they, but when is no. their last game? Shut up, they you. <laughs> I haven't. I just remembered you saying See, you were yeah. gonna go watch. I don't. I didn't follow up on that whole thing. No, they lost. They lost. Who were they? They lost. Who were they playing? St. Louis. The St. Louis Cardinals. They lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> and I'll have you know that Mr. Ben Shane was gloating. Oh, on my text messages all week long when the, whenever the cards won. There, guys. Go be mean to him. Gloating. <laughs> go be mean to Ben. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's get out of here. Oh, is that the end of the show? I've talked about okay, the Mets. Okay. Unless you want me to talk, talk, talk about my cat. What? No, no. I want to say another thank you to Frack for our fabulous frack. Halloween. <laughs> oh, Look. Oh, Frack. We met Frack. Frack. We met Frack at the first at the Scholastic podcast in LA, and we went out to lunch with him that day. And he, we were so tired that I I was we're such terrible company. But we did get to hang out with him when we met. We were the worst company. You weren't there. Shush. Um, We're always bad company, though. That was cool. (laughs) No, it was terrible. We all went out to lunch, and I fell asleep in my food. It was just bad. But (laughs) I mean, literally, we were sitting there at the table, and you know, my head head dropped. Yeah. And. Then we, we hung out with him again when we, when we went back out to L.A. And he's just the nicest guy. And l- let me tell you, at Disney, every time he sees Mickey, he this is why we do it like this now. He sees Mickey and he goes, Mickey! <laughs> and and, and he knows. sees Ariel. Ariel. And he goes, Ariel! <laughs> he's like, I'm not even doing it justice. We have to get him to record oh, it and send it in. It's so funny. And so every time I see him, I go, Frack! <laughs> My favorite frack story, though, is on the morning trying to get to Disney when the car wouldn't, wouldn't turn on. And we had to call Frack and say, Frack, we're running late, we're running late. And Frack's like, I, I don't remember what he was like exactly, but he was like, oh, I can come get you guys. I, you know, he lives probably an hour away from where we were. <laughs> yeah. Such a good guy. That's great. Such a good guy. He was fun. I got to meet him when we went on the studio tour, and he was our little friends. and Because he, he was into friends like we were, and he was just, he was great. Yeah. Great guy. Frack, sir. But the, the website looks very decorated for Halloween. I, I'm all it excited. Does. I love how somebody in the comments was like, this is all about commercialists. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, spider webs are just yeah. so commercial. We're actually getting paid <laughs> per page load by the pumpkin committee. By the pumpkin committee of the world. Who are advertising pumpkins this year. <laughs> and they will be uh, yeah, paying guys. Us. We wanted to give you some pretty stuff to look at. Kill us! Pretty much. Shame on us. How, how uh, dare us put any extra what? thought into the page. Leaky readers are one of a kind. Every single one of them. I love you guys. Right. I can't. Yeah. Oh, you make it interesting. Yeah. Well, are you guys all set for your costumes yet? I want to know how many people are dressing up for Halloween. Ooh, we should do a poll. As Harry Potter characters. 
We did the po- that poll last year. Did uh, we? Yep, we did. How about, how about that's our our, our um, one of our MySpace challenges or blog challenges? Ooh. Actually, no, maybe maybe that's better after Halloween because I actually want to get yeah. pictures of people's Harry Potter Halloween yeah. costumes. Yeah, that would be rocking. That'd be cool. Okay, so we'll yeah. save that for after. But what should be their their challenge this week? You mm. guys are slacking off. There weren't that many this week. I've been looking. I know. Actually, I, I got home from I had a really bad day at school, and I got home. I'm like, I can't wait to see all of the all of the blog things about us just to brighten mm-hmm. my day. And I look, and I put punched it into the search engine. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was just like the, the numbers, it was just, I, I, I was just crying a little bit. I was sad expecting pandas. a little more. Sad there was very pandas. sad pandas that day. The pandas, sad pandas. they were ready to celebrate. It's, just, it's, and it's the three-week slump. It's the three-week slump, you know? That's well, what happens when you do something like this. Well, I get like that, I, I get like that too. When I, when I enter a contest and I don't win and I figure, oh, hell, I'm never going to win. So I just stop attempting, but... Oh, well, no, Sue, when did when did works. this week's when did this week's winner actually post her thing? Uh, that was uh actually like a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, see, so it doesn't so, matter, you know. You know, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter because we still go back. I mean, we keep track of these things. You know me, I'm yeah. going to keep track of, but I'm but, Sue but keeps track of everything. Let not, me tell you, I'm not a <laughs> random scary. thing. It is, it is quality based. It is creativity based. It's lots of things. So you're not just a random number in the crowd. That's right. You never know, baby. Yep. Pottercast I, I will be out there. I think and the actually, challenge. Oh, I know. I know. I think the challenge this week should be to take our Pottercast album art mm-hmm. and and make it Halloweeny. Oh, I cool. love that challenge. Look so at you. Do, go have fun. We'll put. We'll, you know what we'll do? We'll put a link to like a nice big version of it in the in the album in the notes. So you go to Pottercast.com. You get your art for playing with and make it Halloweeny and post it on your blog. Very cool. We're gonna see I love it. that. That's, That's a great idea. Awesome. Yay! We'll make a big Woo-hoo. gallery too on on the, on the fans page of it. Be fun. Yeah. Be fun. Speaking of our fans page, don't forget we have a we have a frapper, we have a Facebook, we have a fan listing, we have a forum, we have a. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God! Frapper, lot. Facebook, fan listing, and forum. Oh, I'm we glad you said it because I couldn't. Frapper the rapper. <laughs> frapper the rapper the rapper. Didn't we say we were leaving a while ago? Oh. I don't know. This is not entertainment anymore, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, it's not. I think okay. it stopped being entertainment 10 minutes ago. Okay. Well, let's leave. Oh, and about time to. But, you know, for all of the, uh... for all of the podcasts in the, in the tens with the zeros, 40, 50, and 60, I would probably say this is the best of that six. Oh, John, you just you. never know when to let go of Because there's never, no, there wasn't a podcast never. zero. Or was there a he never podcast does it. zero? He just never... There wasn't a podcast zero, John. Would that have been like our practice shows? Yeah, that was. Those were all those shows where we were screaming at each other while we were trying to record the first bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was podcast zero. One of these days, there's going to be opportunity for you guys to get your hands on that stuff, and maybe we'll talk more about that. And in the future and the day. day the day after that, John will have mysteriously disappeared from the staff page of Leaking. Oh. <laughs> no. <Hey. laughs> So now, basically, you just gave me my Weasley Twin fireworks. So yes. on the day before I'm outie, I got some fireworks to shoot off. Okay. Okay. You think I don't have stuff to shoot off? <laughs> Mister? You, you got nothing on me. Mr. You can't possibly be recording this, John Noe. Oh, <laughs> look at you. Mm-hmm. I've got some secret recordings. Uh-oh. Wonderful. <laughs> I feel bad for the people that have to answer the email this week. 
All right. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. okay. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. We've missed it. Dobby is free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>